Good afternoon, everybody. Happy Friday. TGIF, welcome aboard. This is Back to the Window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Reichel, senior handicapper over at winnersandwiners.com. And we get together and do this uh, once a day, five days a week, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, helping you guys in that journey to head back to the window. Scott, I just noticed on our intro, there's a director's chair, and apparently it says fuck on the back. I actually think it says luck, but if you look at it real quickly... Looks like it says fuck. Did you know that? No. It's That's for... an Easter egg. Yeah, there you go. A little, little Easter egg for you guys. So I hope everybody's having a great day. Brandon Kubas in the house. Welcome, welcome. Uh, wishing us a happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, Brandon, as well. It's great to be here, Scott. Uh, a couple of surprises yesterday in the playoffs, eh? I guess so. You can put it that way. Okay, I would. Um, Boston. Came roaring back after being down 12 after the third quarter. I was looking pretty smart with my Golden State minus three and a half as everybody else in the world was on. And then the fourth quarter happened. So we will get to it a little bit later in one of our one of our ever popular segments. But uh, yeah, uh, Boston pretty much played exactly the opposite of what everybody thought. Everybody thought they'd have tired legs. They'd fade in the second half. That looked like a great call in the third quarter, and then they came out and put up a, a 36 spot in the final stanza. So it was 40. Was oh, that's right, 40. That's right, because they outscored them by 24. That is absolutely correct. My bad. Uh, Andrew says the place where legends are made. That's right, baby. Rye Caps checking in. What Rye Cape, brother? What up, brother? We're gonna see Rye here in a uh, in uh, just about an hour as we do our NASCAR show. We, we do record it in advance, put it up later tonight, about midnight Eastern time. You know, Scott, I was telling the story on the last on the last show. They came to us and they said, well, you, guys really, you guys should do some weekend content. I said, what about if we tape the NASCAR show and put it up 12.01 Eastern time? Would that count? And they're like, yeah, I guess. So, yeah, that's why we do it that way. There you go. Um, 86 three-pointers, yeah. Uh, Joan says, I guess we're going steady now. Joan, I got to tell you. Uh, I'm not going to lie, spending more time with you than I am with my wife these days. Between our jobs, I don't see her much. So yeah, you're my, I guess you're my work wife, Joan. Welcome. It's a, uh, it's a hell of a responsibility. I hope you're up for it. Um, oh, did you post a video today? I was just getting ready to address that, Scott. I talked about it on the last show. Uh, I got everything ready, had everything graded, everything ready to go. I had the capper of the day set up and got ready to record. I had the lights all ready to go, camera set up, and uh, my mouse stopped working. Not necessarily a big deal when you use a laptop, except my laptop, none of my keys work, Scott, or does my pad. So I use an external mouse and an external keyboard. When my mouse shot craps, dead in the water. Dead in the water. Tried three different battery changes. It's something to do with the contacts. Um, but anyway, I was I had nothing till this morning. When my wife, bless her, Joan C., have big shoes to fill uh, because... She got up before she went to work. She had to be at work at 9.30. She got up extra early, went to Target. I was had a mouse on the table when I get, when I woke up this morning. So nice. my play is Milwaukee, Miami, uh, or San Diego, rather, uh, first five under three and a half. Okay. That's my official play. So there you go. Uh, yep. Yeah. <laughs> James said we heard the story already. Right. I know. It's everybody else that watched me and Chris. So apologies if you've heard the story already. I... I will try. I will try not to double up. So, Scott, let me ask you this: something I didn't talk about on the last show. How would your day go yesterday? Overall, was okay. Ended up winning my play of the day. I had Jalen Brown over two and a half turnovers. He had four, but 
for my future bet, which of course was the Warriors to win the title, if I hedged before game one, pulled the rev cord. I, I would have made 3K. Yep. Hedging after game one, you make 2.1. Okay. I took 2.1. I like how you talk thousands, uh, 2.1. That's, that's, I'm, I highly, very European to me. I highly encourage that. It's usually the way people speak of millions. So, um, you gotta, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have that visualization. You gotta be talking that way. To it people. looks better with the dot instead of the comma, you know? Yep. Uh, you better cook a good meal for your wife tonight. I'm taking her out, buddy. I'm take I'm taking her out, and I'm also going to take my kids out because they were ready to make the run as well to grab me a mouse or let me borrow one of theirs. So I'm going to just uh, treat my uh, my kids, my two my two my two daughters and my wife to uh, dinner somewhere tonight. So should be fun. I'm I'm going to see the new Top Gun movie tonight. Are you really? I've heard nothing but good things about it, man. I heard it's great, so I'm going to see it tonight, and hopefully. It's going to work out. I better hear at least one note of Danger Zone or I'm walking out of the theater. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm sure they're going to uh I'm sure they're going to have at least a nod to it, right? They should. All right. If they don't we riot. Very good. Um no wonder you can't find live NASCAR. Is it match wagers and outcart? No, we don't do it live. We don't we don't do it live anymore, JC. We do it we do it live on tape. So um what else hey speaking of max wagers network make sure you uh give us the thumbs up we appreciate all this thumb smashes that you guys do while you're watching the video and of course don't forget to subscribe to the winners and winners youtube channel and the max wagers network channel because scott we're coming on in a a week after today it'll be just five more shows that'll be available on winners and winners before we make the complete switch over to max wagers network with you and i's daily content uh you and i show our uh, daily content our daily videos will still be available on winners and winners but if you want to see Scott and I side by side live in person, Max Wagers Network is going to be the only place to do that. A lot of great content on the Max Wagers Network, of course. Uh, Midday Money, Sean Higgs. You got Allie Burns, Morning Wood, 1 o'clock. Me and Chris at 2. Me and Scott at 3. Sean Miller and Soccer at 4. And bringing it all home with the Earl Boys, Nick and Tim, along with Detroit Lenny doing their thing on Game Time Decision. So, uh, Ninja says uh, Celtics and 6 could be promising. I do want to ask you, by the way, since we're talking about the NBA Finals, I ended up hedging, made 2.1K from a free bet. What would you have done? Now, for clarification, I hedged in the middle of Boston's massive fourth quarter run. Yep. So I got Boston at around minus 140. I believe it's minus 170 now. Yeah. So just factor that in. Would you have gambled for game two? No. Or would you have just pulled the ripcord? Because... No. Well, that's the kind of loss that I'm just not sure how you're supposed to. Of course, it's a seven-game series, but Golden State got everything it wanted. Tatum missed basically every shot that he took. Yeah. You led by double digits. Curry went nuclear mm-hmm. for at least a quarter. Yep. And you still lost. Am, am I missing something? No. No, that was... Uh... It was it was the more experienced home team that folded down the stretch. Um, it totally ran counter to the narrative that uh, a lot of people, including myself, had put out there that I thought Boston would have the more tired legs. And in the end, it, it ended up being youth that got served pretty much, Scott. And pretty much, but that, I can't even say that it was a matter of fatigue. It just looked like Golden State forgot how to play basketball in the fourth quarter. Yeah, what a, what, a, what a difference 15 minutes would have made because if you'd have told me that you hedged at the end of the third quarter, I'd have said you're an idiot. Yep. And 15 minutes later, you're a, you're a genius, and I would have uh, highly endorsed that move because 
the writing was on the wall, man. Once 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 they got it to seven, once they got it to seven, you knew you could see what was happening. And Golden State reverted back to their turnover prone, just some just some horrific possessions there in the fourth quarter. Just it was po- really bad. Point and yes, Boston made a bunch of shots. I believe they started seven of seven mm-hmm. from three. They absolutely the did. When, when Golden State was one of three, they put up that graphic, yeah. The thing is, I do acknowledge that Boston definitely had a lot of shots go their way. Yes. But the point is the fact that they were able to respond in that spot on the road in their first NBA Finals game for basically the entire team, I think is pretty telling. And the issue that I've had with Golden State, even though I've had money on them to win the title for about, I don't even know at this point, five months, six months. Right. I've said several times on this show, I don't think that they're a very good basketball team. I think they're good. You said it a lot more in March and April, but... I did, but yeah. the point is, I th- my main argument is that I feel like people view Golden State from the lens of the previous Golden State teams. It's hard not to, agreed. And they're clearly not as good as they used to be. Now, it's fine. They were still good enough to make it through the West, and they still did what they needed to do. But when you look at what Boston was able to accomplish in that fourth quarter, really after the first quarter, when Curry got shut down, nobody else really responded. No. And I think that's the concern that I have because Tatum was awful at shooting. He still had 13 assists. Right. But Boston had other guys who were willing to step up. And Golden State really didn't have that. No, and that was I that was again the opposite of, of what I thought it would be. I thought there would be more opportunities for somebody else to step up, whether it be Wiggins or Clay or um or whoever. But that didn't happen. They they totally looked like the Golden State Warriors of, you know, February and March when we used to roast the shit out of them when they went through that and little bit. For the bit record, there. when it comes to adjustments Golden State should make, I know that he's a very good bench player. I'm not sure Jordan Poole should be on this should be on the court that often in this series because I know. he was awful defensively. I believe he was a negative 19. He got absolutely killed. And then he had the shot to end the third quarter to hit the top of the backboard. But Holy shit, yeah, that was a bad shot. Golden State played everybody on the team, including one minute of garbage time for a decent amount of the players. But my question for you is, what's the point of listing Gary Payton II as active if he's the only player on the entire team that's not even going to play one minute? Yeah, I that was. Uh, I, get it. I, I tried to call. I tried to call that yesterday. I was I was sort of right. I said Porter would play. I thought Iguodala would be out a few more games, and I thought Payton wouldn't be ready till the next game. So I thought they would all play, but the fact that Porter played about 20-something minutes. Iguodala played about 12. Peyton couldn't give you a single minute? Yeah, I know. I know. J.C. Stone wants to know if we still if we roast each other and then edit it out since we do it on tape. No. You think we edit stuff? The, the only thing I ever edit is when I forget to push the stop recording button and we'll, and we'll have Scott and I just talking after the show about fucking whatever, and then I realize I'm still recording. That's the only thing I'll ever edit out. And if you listen to us in podcast form... Uh, you'll notice that sometimes I forget to do that. <laughs> so I guarantee you there's been a couple of Easter eggs where you've seen a little bit of behind behind the uh, behind the scenes inside baseball kind of stuff from Scott and I. And it's nothing, it's nothing very exciting. It's just like, uh, yeah, that was a good show, or yeah, I fucked that part up, <laughs> whatever. It's it's nothing, you know. Something. Like, oh, my God, these people suck. I hate this. Job. <laughs> it's nothing like that. It's just it's just Scott and I being as goofy as you might expect that we are uh, off camera. So. 
I am trying to figure out though what Golden State's main adjustments should be because Ball City play some fucking defense from the beyond the perimeter. How about that? You let a team. In the fourth quarter, where Boston finally started to actually be more aggressive against Steph on ball with the switches for the pick and rolls, and it worked out. But are you looking at pool unders? Because at no point during the game, besides the one three pointer he hit in the middle of the Golden State run that I think he was really worth a damn in the entire game one. And Derek White outplayed him dramatically. Yep. He can't guard anybody. If you're trying to think of what adjustments Golden State could make, do you keep playing pool because he gives you offense? Or do you recognize how much of a liability he is on defense and you give Peyton basically all of his minutes? I was going to say, I think I think that problem is going to be self-correcting when Peyton comes back. I look for Jordan Poole. He played 25 last night. That's too many. That's I'm, I'm guessing he's going to be... 18? I was going to say 15, but yeah, he may get 18. But I'd look for unders in the immediate future on his player props. Yeah. Because he might get played off the floor because of how bad defensively he is. Now, Scott, there's a lot of people in the comment section say we're uh, we're we're hitting the panic button a little too soon here in Golden State that Boston shot lights out from beyond the arc, especially when they had to have it there in the fourth quarter. It's an aberration. It's a one-time thing. Just game one, it says, it says Joan. Uh, Can I go first because I had money on Golden State to win the title? Uh, sure, go ahead. So I'm not officially saying that it's over for Golden State, but considering the fact it was a free bet, and to be honest, Golden State has really just annoyed me the entire stretch because they play some of the dumbest basketball for stretches of games. I just had enough. And you could argue that it was definitely better for me to wait until game two because Golden State might respond. Truth is, I just had enough. It wasn't good for my well-being. I took the profit and I ran. So you might be right, but I just decided I, I had enough. There you go. Scott, you want to talk about this real quick? Is it a bad look that when I look at my bet on Zvera, if he gets wheeled out in a wheelchair? Well, that depends. <laughs> That's a trick question. Is that it depends. wheelchair tennis? <laughs> I was going to say that depends if you had money on the spread or the money line. Right. Because the money line, you lose. But if you had money on the spread, you actually get your money back. So I'm assuming you had the money line. Yep. But what? There, what? you could make an argument that uh, if you had the spread there, you're actually in, in a good spot because of uh, the fact that he was going to be down two sets to nothing, most likely. Zverev was playing so well, and he kept punting sets. He arguably should have been up to nothing. Yep. But it, whatever. Yeah, it happens. Bronco Devil says the uh, uh, <laughs> Celtics were down 14 going into the fourth quarter. Welcome to the party, pal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no shit. Uh, I went from I went from genius to moron in about 20 minutes. <laughs> but I really wasn't. It wasn't a matter of me just panicking, saying it's over. I just I just decided it was time. I I, I just couldn't handle it. This Golden State team, I want to have more faith in. The main claim to fame they had going in was the experience angle. And the fact they had home court. And both those things evaporated in the span of about 20 real-time minutes. Yep. yep. So I decided to just move on, take the money, and enjoy run. the rest of the series. Sure, why not? Why not? Go on, take the money, and run, as it were. Besides, once again, I got it mid-game. So I didn't get the 170. I got it in the middle before it moved another 30 cents. So the cooch is going today, buddy. You want to lay 222 on the cooch against this suddenly awful Minnesota Twins and one of our old favorites, uh, Chai Chai Gonzalez. That's uh, Chi-Chi. <laughs> but I, I, I got the team total over. 
uh, for my play today for Toronto. I wanted to make a case for. Would you get it five, five and a half? Yeah, five and a half. No fear. For the home buddy. team. No, I, I know that it's no not fear. for the faint of heart, but no. I'm going to do it anyway. Toronto's been great offensively. They've won eight in a row. It's a quiet eight in a row, by the way. Like nobody's noticed. <laughs> right. But you look up. It happened to me yesterday where I saw they won eight three and they were 30 and 20. And I'm like, weren't they just at 500? And I look up the standings and they've won eight in a row and they've yeah. scored like six runs in seven of those eight games. And I just decided that Chi Chi is brutal. It's nice to have him back uh, because of how bad he's been. Oh, he's a great fade. Since 2019, he's made 44 appearances, 34 starts. 6.1 ERA. Yep. yep. So I decided that instead of backing the cooch because he's been a little bit You're... underwhelming recently, yep. give me Toronto at home to put up some runs. Yeah, I like and that. And hopefully they'll have five by the fourth inning. Take the cooch out of the equation, keep Toronto in there. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I was going to do a first five team total, but unfortunately those were not up at the time of my recording. Right. So I had to just take the full game instead. It was either that one or Atlanta. So yeah. I, I, was t I was torn between which five and a half I preferred. I decided to go with Toronto just based on recent form. Fair enough. You know, I got to give props to Joan because I think Joan was the one that said to look on the trend for the uh, team that was ahead at halftime ends up uh, winning and covering. And Scott, that yeah. was that was the case last night. We took a it little. It was because people forget that Boston trailed at the half despite Curry setting the all-time record for uh, most finals points in a first quarter. That's right. They were. Uh, were they? Uh, they were. Were they? Oh, I thought they were up. They were. They were. Boston was up too. Yeah, they were up two at halftime. Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. The point is that it seemed like Golden State, because of the first quarter, was just cruising. Yeah. You look up, and Boston was up two at the half. Yep. Um, saw the silver bullet band eating at Chi-Chi's once. Did you ever go to Chi-Chi's, Scott? That's, that's before your time. I did not. Chi-Chi's a pretty good place. It's, it's where I watched the 10th game of my 10-teamer hit when I was uh, just a wee lad. So, nice. Uh, I like um, what the largest parlay that I hit, not in terms of payout, but in terms of picks. Yeah. I don't even know. Okay. Maybe a five or a six teamer. See, I don't, and I don't play them very often. If I played them more, obviously I'd hit more, but. Uh, That's what I'm saying. It's not because I try them and I lose all the time. It's because usually when I get past five, I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Right. Yep. 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 Um. Okay. Fried ice cream and cheese. Oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. The fried ice cream with the with the cornflakes on it and stuff. You had fried ice cream, Scott? Yes, it's actually interesting. The only place that I've had fried ice cream in is a sushi place. And they randomly have fried ice cream for dessert. Wow. Okay. I don't know what the connection is between sushi and fried ice cream, but it's delicious. <laughs> Very cool. Brandon Kuba, here's a story that needs a movie. Brandon Kuba said he hit a 10-teamer with his last 10 bucks. I don't That's... know what the payout was in there, but nice. Thousand, I know a friend of around, mine. Around 1,000 to 1, give or take. A friend of mine hit a an eight teamer senior year of high school. Yeah, and I think he turned like seventy bucks into like seventeen hundred. Mm. He had a bunch of soccer plays in there, which it, might have been decent minuses. Yeah, okay, yeah. But he, I, I think that was a seven or an eight teamer. I remember the final leg that won him the parlay was the Steph Curry three pointer against Oklahoma City. Oh wow. That's that NBA Sunday game, Curry way downtown. That yeah. was the final pick he had in the parlay. He had Golden State minus two and a half. Beautiful, beautiful. Nathan said he had an eight-teamer an eight for eight bills. Outstanding, outstanding. Very good. Um, Scott, what do we got going on over here at Caesars? Uh, well, we have a risk-free bet. So if you want to do a 10-pick parlay with $1,100 to win nine nine point five 
a million dollars. Uh, yeah, we have a risk-free bet for you. So if you are, have not used Caesars yet, I recommend it. First-time deposit, first bet. If you end up betting $1,100 and you lose, you get it back in the form of a free bet. So consider it insurance on your first bet. There you go. There you go. You can uh, must use the code ATSWINSCZR. That's A-T-S-W-I-N-S-C-Z-R. That code is available in the description of the video along with the link as well. And uh, it must be 21, of course, except for New Hampshire, New Hampshire, New Hampshire and Wyoming. We have to be 18. Chaos and in Wyoming. Chaos. It's it's a world gone mad. There's a, uh, you ever seen mutton busting? I think mutton busting is big in Wyoming. You know what mutton busting is? I know what a mutton is. You know what a mutton is? Yeah. Okay, what is a mutton? A mutton's a type of like animal that you eat. It's a sheep. It's a small. It's sheep? a. It's a sheep. Yeah. Okay. So imagine, uh, four-year-olds. Okay. Uh, riding sheep. Okay. That's what mutton busting is. Is that like cow tipping, but more polite? It's like bull. It's like bull riding, only junior level. Okay. So good times. Good. I highly. I, I have not tried that in New York. I highly recommend if you ever get the opportunity to do to go to a rodeo and see mutton busting and bull riding and. Because have you ever seen a bull rider? You ever met a bull rider, Scott? No. They're fucking tiny. They're tiny. They're like, they're not quite jockey tiny, but they're like five four, five six, hundred and twenty pounds. They're fucking. Well, it's easier to tiny. dodge the bull when you're skinnier, you know. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Those guys, man. That's that's big balls right there. That's bull sized balls to go out and ride there. So I hey, would never do it. No. Fuck no. Fuck no. I went two point seven seconds on a bull named Fu Manchu. No. No, I did not. I still don't know why people run with the bulls, but that's a whole separate can of worms. You know, and that's kind of a misnomer because you're really running away from the bulls. Yeah, you really don't run with them. If you're running with the bulls, you've fucked up. Yeah, they're not laughing with you. They're laughing at you. Like, it's kind of that situation. But if I was going to a foreign country, the last thing I'd want to do is run from some bulls voluntarily. Europeans will point at America. Well, you guys have a lot of guns and shit. And And I would point back and go, well, we don't fucking let our bulls chase us around. I would run with the bulls if I was allowed to bring a gun, you know, that gives you some, some insurance policy, but unfortunately, uh, you just have some baggy clothes and you're trying not to get killed behind some wooden fences. Very good. I I don't, I don't, I don't get it, but whatever. (laughs) The butcher (laughs) appropriately, uh, chimes in with mutton chops. Yeah. Mutton chops. Good on your face, better on your plate. And, uh, butcher, if you've never, if you've ever had the, uh, the crown of uh, ribs, the crown roast of ribs at, of the uh, of mutton at uh, Jack Stack. I'm going to your Kansas City guy. You should absolutely do that, dude. It is melting your mouth good. Mountain oysters? Nope, never ate them. Nope, nope, nope. You ever tried that, Scott? Mountain oysters? Uh, I didn't know that there were mountains that had oysters. Do you know what they are? Mountain oysters? Uh, you've told me this before, but I forgot what the hell. Bull it was. testicles. Yes, that's right. Bull testicles. Not good. You told me that before. Not good at all. Well, I. I'm here to reinforce some the knowledge. I buddy. appreciate it. Hey, there's a lot of stuff that happened yesterday, not just on the basketball court. So let's find out what it was. Uh, we're a little late getting to it, but uh, we're uh, we're going to take advantage of the fact that uh, I spent a couple extra minutes getting everything loaded up, Scott, because I worked on my NASCAR stuff. I forgot to load up, so that's why we were a little late getting on. So I got everything loaded. Now I'm going to show off. Let's find out who were the winners, who were the whiners. Who's got to get out that Nokia flip phone and dial 911 as they call the cops?
Sound seems down for some reason. I don't know why. And it seems faint, but cops are far away. Imagine, yeah, I was just gonna say, imagine the cops are far away. So let's get it rolling, if we will, kids. Uh, we'll start off in the major leagues. If you had the Padres on the money line going up against the Brewers, they led four to one after f- after eight innings. Oh God, <laughs> this was such a heartbreaker. I was on the right side of this, so I was happy. But I know so many people were sad because Milwaukee walked it off with a four spot. In the bottom of the ninth. Can anybody here pitch? Good God. Padres lose 5-4. Suck a dick, Padres. If you had them on the money line, run line, whatever. Well, not the reverse run line. But if you had them on the money line, yeah, call the cops. And if you had the Angels and Yankees game one over, seven and a half, you had six runs in the first five innings. And once again, it is a nine-inning doubleheader, so you are in pretty good shape. Until you weren't, because they put up one run in the final four innings, and the game landed seven. All right, very good. Uh, quick notice to everybody, the guys that do the lawn service around here noticed I was in the middle of doing my show, so they decided now would be a great time to start cutting outside my window. So if we get uh, if we if we get drowned out here in a minute, at least know uh, that we had it coming. So, and finally, Scott. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. If you had the Warriors team total over one hundred eight and a half. Uh, they just needed 17. God damn. They just needed 17 points. All we need is one pin, Rodney. 17 points in the fourth quarter. They put up 16, and they were lucky to get there as it looked like they were going to be stuck on 14. They end up with 16. But you know what? 16, still later, still lighter than 17. They finished with 108. Your team total 108 and a half looked good for a whole lot of this game, and then it didn't. Holy shit. Call the cops. I think it was a good thing that I ended up taking a prop because a lot of the sides and team total stuff, uh, yeah, didn't really go according to plan for the public. No, no, not at all. And, you know, I I tried to make a case for Boston because everybody was on the goddamn uh, Warriors and I couldn't do it. I just, I just like, man, I just, I can't do it. These guys have been here before. They got the depth, blah, blah, blah. They're getting healthy. Uh, anyway. Hey, I found one of the only rocking chairs on in the game, so I guess I got lucky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were a few more, so let's talk about those. Let's find out those nice, easy victories. Those people that uh, emulated Red Arbuck fired up that victory cigar early and just kicked back in the rocking chair. So the first one, if you had the Mariners and Orioles over... Nine, because, of course, the game after theory for the Mariners team total. Uh, there were 12 runs in the first six innings of the game, and the game landed 13. Probably not good for live betters, as you probably had over 14 and a half and then got screwed, but yeah. And it also went to extras. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where the only run was scored. Yep, I had the Orioles there, so congratulations. Okay. Hey, if you had the Reds on the money line against the Nationals, I know Chris had that play, and uh, yeah, back. To- I know we we all like the Reds. Yeah, I mentioned the team total; it all worked out. It was against uh, it was against uh, Adon. Adon. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's so fadeable, so fadeable. Um, anyway, they led three nothing after one. Adon, they end up winning eight to one. Nice easy win for the Reds. There won't be many, but that was one of them. And the last one, if you had the Braves and Rockies over 11 and a half, once again, course field total didn't matter. There were 13 runs in the first five innings, and the game landed 19. They're still scoring in that one. I'm pretty sure, yep. pretty sure they just brought in one more run. So, I think the I think the Rockies have allowed at least, uh, what is it, 12 runs in each of their last three games? Mm, yes. 
Yes, that is correct. Twelve. That's tw- not good. No, that's not good at all. Um, uh, of course, I took. Uh, I faded them for the Kalar show, so I'm sure they'll step up big time there after giving up twelve again tonight. No, they'll just score twenty. Shit. All right. Well, we have to talk about this a little bit, Scott, because quite frankly, I know a lot of you out there going, "Oh yeah, that guy still is in the league." Um, actually been good this year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I my my roasting is a little is is a year late, but uh, he's, well, he's been better. He's still yeah not lived up. I to still that wouldn't day. pay him the contract he's getting, right. but we'll talk about him in a second. Yeah, exactly. So let's find out who it is, Scott. There's been a history in baseball of unlikely injuries off the field, and this one makes the list. It's Friday. You know it's going to be good. Let's find out who it is. It's the Friday edition of Donkey of the Day. So, Scott, you remember uh, there was a hotshot young shortstop by the name of Francisco Lindor that used to do great things for Cleveland, traded to the Mets, signed a big deal, and uh, been a little disappointing. Been okay this year, but yep. for the most part, let's just say he has not lived up to the contract. Well, Scott, they're, uh, they're going to have to take a little breaky-breaky in that year because he had a, a bit of an unusual injury. And could you tell the kids at home what that injury was, Scott? So, of course, as a baseball player, you tend to be traveling a bit on the road, and you're not doing Airbnbs. You're staying in hotel rooms. And every now and then, those pesky doors get in the way when you are staying in hotels. And Lindor forgot to move his finger out of the way, and Lindor ended up getting his finger stuck in the hotel door, which caused him to miss yesterday's game because of an injury. Now, from what I've heard, it does not seem like there's a break or anything, so it might just be a day or two, maybe some bruising. But you really got your finger caught in a hotel door? Really? You never done that? No. You never, you never like, uh, been walking out the door or something and somebody from back inside said something and you just, you put your hand on the, uh, on the door frame and you forgot the door was getting ready to close. No, not once. Have you ever done that? No. One time when I was like three, my finger got stuck on an elevator door, which was painful. Stuck in an elevator, like the door slammed, the door slammed shut and you had your finger there. Yeah. Like the door slammed and then it opened, but like it hit my finger at the time i think so you're saying if it would have stayed closed you would have just started going up no it wasn't the main i'm trying to think of exactly how it worked out there might have been like a door in a protective layer or something was this at your door was this at your house no it was at an apartment building when i was like three years old okay and then once that happened i'm like well i'm not doing that again (laughs) good call good call yes uh unfortunately i was i would say i've got my uh finger smashed by a door more than once. It's not fun. No, it's not. I don't think I've ever had an injury. I've, I've never had an injury that lasted like more than half an hour where I've never had one where I, I couldn't wrap my hands around a bat. So I don't know if somebody slammed the door or uh, maybe they. Maybe he just probably stays in nicer hotels than I do have heavier doors with better closing devices. But brutal injury for... If for, you're paying that much money, the door should open and close by themselves. And I haven't even looked, but I'm sure because of his name, I'm sure Twitter was just roasting him. Can you remember? Can you remember the best one? The best, uh, um, the best pun out there. The best pun? Yeah, using Lindor. Door. Oh, uh, 
I didn't. I, I didn't think. Uh, <sighs> I, I don't think I saw anything with that pun because it was just sitting right there. But I don't know. We'll come up with something. All right. <clears throat> Very good. Well, Scott, it's hard not to talk about this. Um, it's kind of when when you and I sat down and designed the show. This was one of the segments that we designed, and. I think this is the game. This is the team that we had in mind when we came up with this segment. Let's find out uh, who it is. And I don't think it's going to be a surprise. It's not one of those shocking segments where everybody's going, oh, I did not see that coming. It won't be that way. Let's find out who's wearing the golden sombrero today, Scott. The golden feed bag, rather. Sorry. Golden sombrero is what the Royals get every day. Let's find out who it is. Who is the donkey of uh, the day? No, I'm sorry. No, that's no, right. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> we did that. It is. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. So we've talked about this a little bit. It, it is a code red one, so that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I think that's uh, that was an, that's fair. That was a, Fro a Freudian bleed over with the sound effects there. So we've talked about it, Scott. Golden State Warriors up 12 after three quarters. Absolutely came out and put up one of the all-time worst fourth-quarter performances in um, NBA Finals history. Agreed? At home. At home. At home. Got beat by 26 in the fourth quarter. Yes, Boston was red hot, but Golden State certainly did their part by giving him a number of extra uh, possessions on just some ridiculous fucking turnovers. Your thoughts, my friend? I'm trying to think of NBA Finals collapses, and one of the ones I could think of immediately is Portland blowing a 15-point lead entering the fourth quarter against Chicago. But besides that, that's basically it. I mean, you have one play choke jobs like the bird steal on Isaiah Thomas. You've had a couple of plays here and there. Uh, but the yeah, Spurs, for example, giving up the offensive rebound and the three-pointer to Ray Allen. Not talking for about full quarter, plays, though. I was going to say, yeah, for plays, you can mention some choke jobs. For a full quarter, that's got to be up there. Oh, without for question. playoffs, you can argue maybe the Trailblazers team blowing the double-digit lead to the Lakers in the fourth quarter of Game 7. Okay, yeah. Like, you can make that argument, because like, they really had the game in the bag and they just choked it, but... For a finals game, at least short-term memory, that's the worst choke job I've seen in an NBA finals game. I Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think of a team, and I'm sure it's happened, but I'm, I'm sure teams have lost the fourth quarter by more than 26, but I don't know that it involved double-digit leads on each side. You know, if you have a team that's, you know, maybe they were five ahead and they just yeah. blew them out, now they're 30 up, I believe that's possible. I think but. it is too, but when you talk about finals exclusively, it's on a short list because you can argue that plays are bigger choke jobs than overall quarters. Sure. But for the overall quarter, it's as bad as it it's as bad as it could possibly get. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely true. What was the? I mean, is it is it just too obvious? To say, well, Boston made all their shots, and that's the reason. Because obviously, to put up forty, you've got to have two things. You've got to have opportunities. And then you've got to have success and you've got to be able to convert those opportunities. So what was the main factor in the massive Boston fourth quarter victory? Of course, Boston started seven of seven from three. Right. Jalen Brown had that contested three, which I believe cut it to three, which was a very tough shot that he made. So, yes, I know Boston made shots, but you can even ignore the actual shots themselves and focus on the shot quality. 
that both teams got, the Celtics blew them out of the water. Yeah. I mean, Golden State was getting nothing no good on looks. the other end. Once Curry had that really nice, uh, like, up-and-under move on Derek White for the layup, mm-hmm. he didn't score again, and I don't think Golden State scored for the next five minutes. That's the way it, it certainly seemed that way, and it, it might be close to accurate because that's they went in the deep freeze after the uh, that nice little underhand scoop. Truth is, it wasn't even just the fourth quarter. If you were actually watching for the final two minutes or so, of the third quarter, I thought Golden State ended the third quarter terribly. I know Igudala hit a three-pointer, which mm-hmm. nobody expected. They fouled Derek White with one second left in the third quarter. But if you were like watching the actual possessions that Golden State was getting at the end of the third, they weren't exactly good possessions. It was good shot making. No, there was a little but writing on the wall there. I thought they got a little bit too complacent. It seemed like Golden State was relying too heavily on the talent. And Draymond, of course, was awful yesterday, by the way. He was, in my opinion, the worst starter on the court in the entire game. He went 2 for 12 from the floor, 6 fouls, 0 for 4 from 3, 0 for 3 from the line. Yeah, that's... That's not good. No. But the point is, when Draymond's dribbling at the top of the key for 15 seconds out of the shot clock, and Boston can't ignore him because they know that he can't shoot, you're not getting many good looks because no. you're basically playing four on five. You're playing four and five at that point. That's exactly right. All right. Uh, Scott, do we have a goaltender controversy in uh, Colorado? I don't know if it's a controversy if the backup comes in and plays better than the starter because it's not like Kemper was lighting the world on fire in the first place. Right. Kemper got injured in the Nashville game. Mm-hmm. In the Nashville series, I mean, with that fluky eye poke situation. But you're looking at – you got you to at least acknowledge it that Pavel's 4-0 in the playoffs – so, I would ride the hot hand. Would you? I mean, you gave up six goals in game one. You gave up zero in game two. I'd give. A, I'd ride with the guy who gave up zero in game two. I don't know if it really matters. I don't think Edmonton's very good. Once again, the fact that Edmonton made it to the conference finals with Mike Smith as their goalie, they should have a banner hung in honor of the achievement. But going to the series, I thought Colorado would smack the crap out of them. It's one of those few situa- a few uh, few opportunities that you have to say, well, at least Mike Smith was way better. He only gave up three goals. You're giving. I mean, up- the argument is he gave up no goals in the first period, and then he gave up three goals on three straight shots. Okay. So, you kind of got to see the whole uh, smorgasbord of Mike Smith and the experience, but. They scored zero. Colorado's defense really buckled down. McCarr was great on McDavid. I believe McDavid only had one shot on net in the entire game. All right. But the main takeaway, based on how good Colorado's defense was, Edmonton only had 24 shots on net. That's a, that's a defensive clinic. You're shutting them down. Correct. Sh- shutting so, them down. And do that... you think Edmonton's going to make a series of it? I'm not sure they're going to win a game. Uh, I think they get one at home. I'm saying I think they might. I'm not saying that it's officially going to be a sweep. But Colorado is a light years ahead in terms of talent because Edmonton has really two and a half to three guys. This year, I'll give him three because Evander Kane's been really good. But you've, you're looking at McDavid and Dreisaitl and Kane and a little bit of Hyman in there. Do they have any defense that's worth a damn? Of course not. No. No, and you've got, so, to, you've got to have I'll a defense. I'll take def- Colorado. You've got to have a defense in front of you to, to save Mike Smith. Imagine a better overall team. And a better goalie. It takes a lot to beat that team. Yeah. I yeah. don't think Edmonton has it. Yeah, that was the, uh, you know, and you and I just 
we took the over yesterday in that game, and like, of course we did. I mean, I mean, I mean it's zero goals it. in the first period, even though you had about thirty shots on net. Yeah, and you found and you found a seven. You know, you yeah. So I but get the it. Peace alone should have had a lot more goals, as it was just the first period. Both goalies stood on their head. Well, and then the, the Colorado defense, like you mentioned, really buckled down. You know, we're not going over seven if one one side gets twenty seven shots or twenty four shots. Yeah, and so. By the way, to go back to basketball memorabilia, I understand your point. I'm not completely dismissing Boston shooting the lights out. I'm aware they shot incredibly well from three. My main point is, though, that Golden State is a team that I feel like needs to put in 48 minutes of focus in order to beat Boston, because Boston, we know, is not going to back down from anybody. And it seemed like Golden State went up. They went on their massive run. The team was dancing. They did their classic thing. And most teams in that situation crumble. And it seemed like Golden State expected once they were up 15 in the third quarter that Boston was going to punt it in and look forward to game two. And Golden State just simply put played with their food. And mm-hmm. they got burned. And I do believe that Boston defensively, once they made the adjustments to stop leaving Curry wide open for three in the first first quarter, the defense was great. And yes, you can argue Boston did shoot well. I'm not saying they didn't. But at least compare the shot quality and tell me that Boston did not get better shots for the each of the last three quarters. Right. Because it really felt that way. Yeah, totally agree. Um, the, and, you know, it's, part of it is, you know, when they were trading threes, you know, at the end of the third quarter there, when they had, when they had that run, where they were just banging threes back and forth, you could... It, it, it didn't stand out as much because Golden State was making them too. So part of the reason that that hot streak made such a difference is Golden State, number one, was not getting great looks. And number two, any kind of looks they were getting, they were terrible shots. So The main red flag for me in the fourth quarter came when, I think it was Clay who hit a running three-pointer with like eight minutes to go. And Boston immediately went down the court and Horford was, was wide open. Yep. Off a made basket. Yep. It took maybe five seconds off the shot clock and Horford got a wide open three. And at that point, I knew that the Golden State was in trouble because the offense we know was doing enough at that point in time. But once the defense for Golden State really just stopped finding guys to guard on the perimeter, mm-hmm. Boston lit them up. And yes, Jalen Brown had a tough shot. Derek White had a tough shot at the end of the shot clock. But you look at those three-pointers Boston made – Pretty much all of them were good looks. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, how's game two go? Since we're not gonna, since we're not gonna be here Saturday to talk about it. Well, I hedged it just in case. I'm expecting Golden State to win game two. Okay. If Golden State loses game two, they might actually get swept. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like it might happen. So I do think Golden State will respond. So your the argument people might make to me is, well, if you think they're gonna win game two, then why do you hedge after game one? I don't feel that great about Golden State in game two. No. Because the game flow was there. It was the perfect game flow for Golden State. Curry went nuts. Tatum was awful. You're up double digits. You were exactly where you wanted to be. And you fell apart. And I can only imagine after a comeback like that, Boston's confidence will be sky high. So I didn't want to bother. I do think Golden State will find a way to win game two. But I really just wanted to wash my hands with it and be done with it. Fair enough. You? Yeah, you're fine. You put a couple grand in your pocket. You know, that's the thing. You know, with, I'm asking, what do you think about game two? Well, I, you know, I have all the same instincts I had before game one. I think, I think Golden State snaps back. The, the wild card for me is Peyton. 
If, yep. you, if you can get Peyton out there for pool, then I think they've got a, their chances increase exponentially. But with Peyton getting no time in the last game, I mean, what is he going to play? 12 minutes, 10 minutes? Give or take. And to be honest, I think he should be taking the majority of Poole's minutes because Poole was so bad Agreed. At least he can in that play, game. Well, he can play but some, it's also comes down to the fact that Boston has one of the best defenses in the league and Golden State, every offensive possession is playing four on five. Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. So, And you could argue that it's really three on five because Looney is an offensive talent either. Very true. So, All right, my friend. Well, yesterday's farm, not so good as the uh, offense for both teams certainly let us down. But Colorado scored four. Colorado got two. Uh, did, they, did they get the four? They scored four at the end. Oh, did they? Okay. All right. I, I just saw three nothing forever. I forgot they ended up four nothing. So they... Uh, you could argue they did their job, but honestly, for us to win that bet, we really needed five to six out of Colorado. Pretty much. That's the way I feel. So, But you know what? We're back at it today. It is time once again. It's Friday. It's the last, time, last day of the week. Last time this week, we're going to ask you to do that. It's uh, time once again for everybody to strap on those overalls, put on your straw hat, climb aboard your John Deere, get out the keys, fire that bad boy up. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, you've waited patiently. And you shall be rewarded. It is time for the Friday edition of Bet the Farm. All right, Scott, show him. Yeah, there he is, bareheaded. You're Man. back at uh, you're back in Long Island for the weekend. Uh, just for a day or so. Okay. Um, seeing Top Gun. Uh, with my mom because I made her a promise I'd see it with her. And, yeah. All right, so you're back in front of the shed? Yeah, I'm in the shed for today, and then I should be back in front of the backdrop for tomorrow. <laughs> Terrific. Well, we don't do a show tomorrow, so that's great news. I, I, do a, I do a free pick show. Oh, no one cares about that. Some people watch it. Well, you're not going to be... I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. You're not going to be wearing your hat. No. Okay. All right. That's, what I, that's all I care about. I just care about you and the hat. All right, my friend. Well, we do have a play for it today. We do have a farm play. Of course we do. It's not even going to be a cheat. It's going to be an actual play from today. Scott, what do you got? So we're going to go to baseball looking at a matchup between the Guardians and the Orioles. And we're going to take the Guardians on the money line at around minus 135 on Caesars. The Guardians have been playing pretty good baseball lately. Playing the Royals helps, but still, they've mm -hmm. won four of their last five games. Shane Bieber on the mound and he's been very good on the highway so far on the road 37 and one third innings pitched 2.17 era and zimmerman is pitching for baltimore after a decent start he has gone back to being the zimmerman that we know and love last three starts 15 and one third innings pitched 8.80 era which is not very good and the guardians are 19 and 7 straight up in the last 26 meetings but you're going to give me minus 135 with the better baseball team, and you got Bieber against Zimmerman all day. That line should be closer to minus 150. This was one of Chris's plays as well, and I'll tell you a fun stat about Bieber. He has pitched against the Orioles twice, two starts, 17 innings, no earned runs. That's pretty good. Never given up a run to, to Baltimore. So there you go. That's our farm Can play. Can you explain to me, though, why that's not like minus 150? No, no, I think that's I a bargain. That's I think 135 is an absolute bargain in this spot. Um, with Bieber on the mound, no question about it. So that's going to do it for the farm. That's going to do it for the show. We appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Had a great week. Thanks for interacting, all the great comments. 
we appreciate you guys talking to us, putting your plays in there, letting everybody else uh, kind of cheat off your homework. That's a great thing. We're all about sharing. So, uh, yeah, you guys are cool. Make sure that you uh, check us out. Over the weekend, Scott and I doing our free pick videos. Like we mentioned, the NASCAR video will be up late tonight, early tomorrow morning, whatever whatever you consider 12.01 Eastern time to be in your time zone. That's when it'll be up. So before then, you guys have a great day. Let's go win some money, have a little fun. We'll be back here and do it again on Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central. Scott and I do our best to help you in that journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We'll see you then.